Ready in three, two, one. That was fucking terrible. I cannot wait to hear Hello and welcome to a feast for bros. The first game, the Tuscan Shed Network's official. <laughs> the Tuscan Shed Network's official Game of Thrones podcast. And very professional as well. <laughs> Super professional. I am your host, Jack Newman, and today I am accompanied by Benjamin Haworth. Hello, everyone. I am drinking mead in honor of Game of Thrones. Heritage mead from England. You can get it at any of the castles around England. I recommend it if you ever visit the country. It's very tasty. How very Game of Thrones-esque for you, Bob. And I'm also joined by my favorite legal attorney. Not yet. Are you yet? I don't know. Sean? Sean Jolice. Sean? I'll, t- I'll technically be a lawyer on Saturday, so just a couple more. Days. Hey, are you, hey, are hey, you hey. fucking with me? Is that actually true? It is. I graduated on Saturday. Um, Dude, then... congratulations! Yeah, no. I actually didn't yeah. know that moment for this. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. It. <laughs> congratulations. It, in typical Game of Thrones fashion, he will be killed when he gets his diploma. He gets his diploma just a nice stab. Demand trial by combat. <laughs> <laughs> and I am not drinking anything. Because as in typical attorney fashion, I've already had too many drinks before eight thirty, so I need to swap. <laughs> You're already gonna make it in the world, Sean. Last and maybe least, depending upon if he's got a better revelation than Sean. Trevor Flynn. Hi, everybody. How are you? I'm good. I'm not drinking anything <laughs> either. <laughs> well, in lieu of that, I am still drinking Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. The official Ooh. sponsor of the Tuscan Shed Network. No, they're not official. They're not sponsoring us. I swear they're not. I'm sorry, Woodford Reserve. You can sue me anytime. My legal counsel is not yet a lawyer, so you'll probably win. <laughs> Jake, you can't keep covering your alcoholism as sponsorship deals. Okay? I don't know. I want people to think they give us money. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Welcome to a feast for bros. Where all our crow bros come together every Game of Thrones episode to discuss the episode in house. Most recently, we watched episode four of Game of Thrones. What was the title again? I actually Book of forgot. the Stranger. <laughs> Book of the Stranger. Book, Book of, of the, the Stranger. Stranger. My awesome. favorite police album. Book of the Stranger. <laughs> is that actually the, is that no, actually it just sounds like it. It <laughs> does sound like it. <laughs> It's like strangers. I feel like I feel like the police are already like creeping over my shoulder. All right. 
<laughs> so we're going to take, we're just figuring out the format as we go, guys, so bear with us. But we're going to go ahead and start talking about the individual events that happened in episode four and moving on through the season. So first up, we're going to have Sean Solis talk to us about the North. And most importantly, and most interestingly, the reunion of Sansa Stark and her brother, Jon Snow. Or her supposed brother. <laughs> I thought this was actually a really great moment because uh, these two characters hadn't been on screen since, I think, literally the first episode of the first season. So yes. for anyone who's watching the yeah. TV show, it's literally been five years <laughs> since since these two characters have been on oh. screen. Um, so I was, I was a really, I was a big fan of, of the reunion, and it was it was really cool to see them to see them kind of get back together. And it was interesting for me because you know they never really had much of a relationship, uh, really in that first episode, right? Like you know Sansa was more of a, I think on Lady Catelyn's page where she didn't really view John as like a true brother of hers as he was you know as a bastard. Um, so they were never really close friends, and it's interesting that they're kind of getting back together, and they have to like kind of work with what they've got because they've they've been kind of screwed and fighting, you know, <laughs> fighting to survive for the last five seasons, and now it's like, oh shit, now we need to work together. Um, and it was a it was a really kind of a heartwarming and moment, both uh, in terms of seeing them get back together, but also in terms of seeing how their relationship has kind of evolved. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was nice to hear the Stark theme again. We don't get to see it much because it's usually only during good moments with the Starks, which isn't many these days. There's but a, it was very nice to hear dead Starks. <laughs> it's like, it like only when we're viewing people's graves now do we hear the Stark. Well, one thing I like about the Starks and what I'm hoping to see, but one thing they've led up to for a while is that the Starks are the product of. The children are the reaping of what's happened to their older sibling. You know, Rob can be kind of considered a brother too, obviously, but he's basically a father figure to them as well. And it's all these sort of lost, young, innocent kids being horribly, horribly abused and then coming back to bite everybody who screwed them over in the past. At least I hope. They may all just die too. It, it's so, totally possible at this point. I mean, I'm not But I hope lie. that's where they're going at least. I'm not going to lie to you, Ben. I think in the ultimate end of the Game of Thrones, like some of, some of the Stark children, more of them are going to die. Like, I mean, Probably. We, we, all have, we all have the theory about Jon being the prince that was promised, so most likely he will not die. But I'm pretty expectant that either, well, specifically not Sansa. I, I figure she'll, she's will she got to be a pawn in the end somehow. But, like, I think specifically... Um, oh, Rickon? Rickon? No, well, Rickon's going to die. Fuck that. Like, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's, there's no way he's not going to die. Like, he's been in a death state for, like, the last, like... Three seasons. He was, so, yeah, he was on the yeah. SSS abandoned plot lines for a while there. I, yeah. We know he nothing was, about him as a character at this point, do we? I mean, he's grown <laughs> yeah, up on screen. No. They're really smart about that, actually. They're not showing him being tortured in the dungeon because it would literally have, like, zero effect on me. Like... <laughs> I mean, like, I would be like, oh, yeah, Rickon, who the fuck knows? <laughs> I mean, the only powerful moment is if John like, wins and kills, uh, like, Ramsay and then goes down in the dungeon and, like, Rickon's flayed and upside down. Like, that's the only powerful oh, moment that character can provide, which is kind of shitty to say. <laughs> like, they're not Best gonna... as a corpse. <laughs> like, there's, like, there's too many plot lines now for them to develop, like, him as a character. I'm just going to be like, you're just flying this in to kill him. <laughs> Stop no, yeah, if he... <laughs> at least this season, he will definitely not be a character. He is totally little uh almost MacGuffin level of you know yeah. uh, get the object thing maybe if he lives maybe he'll become a character but if he lives what, what's question. been interesting to me about this whole plot line is ever since john's come back to life he's been really like down on 
actually doing anything. He's like, oh, I died, I failed, like, there's no reason to continue going. And it's like, bro, you came back to life, you have another chance, like, keep going. And it's really, I, I, it's, I really it's like, like it's taking Sansa. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, it reminds me of Buffy did a similar thing. What were you about to say, Trevor? Oh, no, I was just going to say that, like, I was just agreeing with you, man. That, that's really, like, the, the, the biggest <laughs> okay. function. You're not Trevor, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make my point, Janet. Um, I think that's been like the most useful function of Sansa coming back is it's really kind of she's instilled in in John the idea that you know the Starks have been you know really kind of on the run for the last five seasons and the only way they're going to be safe is if they do take back Winterfell. So that's kind of been like the useful fact of the you know the useful fact of her coming to the Wall and reuniting with John. But I also thought it was really interesting in terms of Sansa's character development, that she was like, well, bro, if you're not going to, like, if you're not with me, I'm going to go fucking go, I'm going to go kill uh, Ramsay myself. Like, I don't need you, which was kind of neat to see. <laughs> She's gotten some agency over the last few seasons. How was she going to do yeah. that? I was curious, like, was she going to raise the Bannerman? I, <laughs> I don't can. think... I, I, yeah, I think she's going to try, but she's going to say, look, I have nothing to lose anymore at this point. Like, I, I just can't, I just can't handle a person who raped me controlling my home. I can't. I'd rather be dead than just uh, deal with I that. Actually, you know what I mean? I That's what I viewed it, it as. I liked it that they didn't, they didn't, she went after Rick and I liked that they made her, gave her agency because there's been a big criticism about her and the lack of agency and just kind of agreeing to Littlefinger, um... And not going with Brienne. I mean, I don't think she could have known about Brienne at the time. But I feel like them driving forward in that. And that it was just a really awkward storyline all last season. And I think, like, motivating her to come back to terms and giving her a force. And now, apparently, Peter Baelish is going to invade the North with a Vale army. Which is really fucking random. Um, I'm sorry. We'll get to the Vale. But their plotline is totally just there for kicks. Um... Right. Yeah, no, I thought what was cool about it, though, is that, like, John and Sansa kind of swapped positions, right? Because, like, at the very beginning, Sansa was more of, like, you know, the, the, the typical lady who, like, was unwilling to, like, do much more than, you know, go woo a guy, and she was going to be happy, like, living with this dude for, like, the rest of her life, and she had a very, like, idealistic view of the world. And John was, like, on the opposite end of that spectrum, but after... I guess five years now of just fighting beyond the wall, like his 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 kind of will to continue fighting has faded, um, and Sansa has kind of swapped into that role. So they've kind of exchanged roles in the in the over the course of the show, which I thought was, that was kind of a cool role reversal. No, I liked it too, and I, I like that so much of this episode, which we'll get into other parts, is about sisters implying brothers to keep fighting, which is interesting. There was a lot of that of. Three times a sister told a brother in this episode, "You can't give in, you know, as much as you want to." There was, which uh, I think, is interesting. Who, who else? Sansa, and John, uh, Theon, and um, uh, and Yara. I, I, I mess up her name. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. What was the third? One? <laughs> and then also uh, Marjorie and Loras. Loras. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got it. I want to throw something in. I'm going to derail this excellent conversation about themes in Game of Thrones to ship somebody. 
Torment <laughs> and Brienne is my new favorite ship. Oh, dude, that everybody. Like, was they didn't even that. say like, anything. He just made faces. He just made faces at her. He's like, "You look like a bear woman," and I went, out, "Fuck you!" Like I was just like, I was just like, "Yes, make that happen." Torment. It was nice. It was nice to see her get so much of her characters. Like I was ugly and huge, so I became a knight, and so it was nice to see someone be like, "Yeah, I like that." I He's like, like, "Yeah, it's like believably like I like that." Mm, yeah. Oh, she she was so uncomfortable though. She didn't know what to do in that situation. <laughs> no, I mean she wouldn't. I loved it. I loved it. I loved. I loved. It's it. It, it was a good completion to her character. Uh, I don't know, not a completion to her character. It's you know, big strong women don't need to go find men. I mean that's not saying that, but like at the same time, like it was just so lovable. <laughs> I love how they just didn't say it. They were smart enough just to not say it, just to just for him to make like eye, googly eyes at her. <laughs> he just kind of he like all he does all episode is just make googly eyes and grunt and, he's, and, it's, and it's like totally communicated that that's gonna be a thing eventually <laughs> i also gotta just give brienne for having the biggest balls of the episode for going up to davos yeah. and melisandre and being like i killed your king deal with it and i know that you killed that made that shadow monster that killed renly like i, I, was I really really appreciated surprised that. she didn't kill melisandre i i actually thought that would have been okay to end melisandre right there I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to try to do something with her, but there's at least going to be some kind of conflict with Davos and Shireen and Melisandre. Someone's going to kill somebody in that trifecta at some point. And they're right, because uh, Davos sure doesn't yet know that uh, Shireen was burned at the stake. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna lose his mind when he finds out. Exactly. Oof. That's gonna be. I mean, it's interesting to like predict where that's gonna go because like it's gonna. I imagine them kind of forming John's like army council like. Tormund, Sansa, Brienne, Davos, and Melisandre are all going to be kind of like Jon's, essentially, like, I guess his small council, essentially. Like, I don't want to say that, but, you know. Yeah, essentially. His his strategist. It's going to what happens. It's going to be what happens, and eventually, like, it's going to be a critical moment, and, like, this is going to come out, and it's going to fuck everything up, or not, depending on if Jon can push through. Which usually, I mean, I, I mean, this is the interesting point with with John in the lead role and him being most believed to be the main character of Game of Thrones. Usually, what happens is everyone, you know, the good guys get together, they start beating the shit out of people, and then something like terribly fucks up because they did something honorable, and everything goes to shit. <laughs> I, That's you usually know. the way that this happens, and like they're building up another things go to shit because of this or X Y reasons, and I'm like. Well, does that mean it's actually going to happen, or it's John, so things aren't going to really go to shit from here? I mean, hopefully. I feel it's like that gonna... something has to give, because, like, so far, like, these first four episodes have been, like, overwhelmingly positive episodes, like, with John coming yeah. back to life. Yeah. So I feel like something, something's got to go wrong somewhere, like... <laughs> All the characters who've died have not been nearly sad enough yet. Yeah, it's, I was about to say, like, I was wondering, like, where do we go from, like, here, like... Like, how is it going to get, like, worse? I mean, it's pretty it's pretty bad, but, like, last season, the end of it was, like, the worst. Like, Sansa was, like, with Ramsay, or, you know, was at least jumped off the wall to suicide maybe at the end of the season. Like, John was dead. <laughs> yeah. Air quotes. Everyone believed John was dead. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, it was just a brutal season, so maybe that's why, like, this feels so positive right now. Like, everyone's just, like... Oh my god, like everything's so positive, where is this going? But maybe in honesty it's just because of like the how they built up everything to a while. Like maybe in terms of like the books, this is the turn in the series. This is the low point and everything's up from here. I right. I feel too. like as an overall story arc we have kinda of hit the darkest moment last season. 
Like, literally, yeah. you know, you see yeah. the armies of the dead are unstoppable, seemingly, and that then the one like, guy who seems to be stopping shit. him gets murdered. So that, that it's was, definitely that was so feels dark. Like... I mean, that's, I think that's why a lot of people complained at the end of last season. They're like, what the fuck's going to happen? Like, shit is just too terrible. And I think, like, I think maybe they're either, they could be responding that to a well, but I do truly think this is the turn in the book, or the turn in the series of books, because, like, there's the greater story of the Game of Thrones, and then there's, like, a season-to-season, book-to-book story. So I'm interested yeah. to see how they're going to make a book-to-book story and a season-to-season story from here on out. But I do feel like there's, a, a like, a truly deep underlying shift that's occurred in the show. I don't want right. to... Yeah. Um delve too much more into the northern stuff because I know we got a, a lot more story threads to get onto but it was weird to me that no one has mentioned the White Walkers really since last season like they're talking about invading yeah. Winterfell and that whole threat and that specter is just yeah, like Ed, not in their Ed, Ed mentioned it briefly yeah yeah, it's unbelievable that John would just abandon that a little bit I mean maybe he died so I guess like you know yeah, it's no. kind of motivated but it is it, it is kind of out of left field that he's like yeah abandon all duty I'm running <laughs> right it's it's really not in his character and even like the showrunner on the inside of the episode thing is like you know john's tragic thing is that he's a good person and he always has to do the right thing and you're just like really like he's doing the right thing because he's not defending against yeah. the white walkers i Whoa. think it's understandable I, though i think I, yeah. I get where he's coming from and the he's we like, don't know what death yeah, takes yeah. hold of you yeah well, well I, you I know what's going to happen eventually with do. the white walkers right daenerys is going to come in with her dragons and just like fry them all that's what's going to happen right Right. <laughs> there has to be there has to be issues closer to home when that happens because I don't see it panning out that way because like it has to like th- like the the army of the undead seems like if they can actually get dragons harnessed like it doesn't seem like very risky. So well, like with such a, with such a big chess piece on the board like you can always see the heroes turning around getting the dragons and riding up north and just blowing the fuck out of the white walker. So there has to be other pieces on the board we don't know about. So like add dramatic tension in the last act. I think yeah. John's motivation is completely reasonable, though, because, you know, for the last five seasons, he hasn't, like, had, like, a family member there on the wall, so he's kind of been, yeah. he's been in this mode where he's like, I really don't have anything to lose, I've always been, like, the bastard child, like, whatever. But now yeah. that he has, like, a family member there, now that he knows that, like, Rickon's yeah. being captured by the, uh, the the Boltons, like, I feel like it's, like, hit home with him that he's, like, well, you know, I've got this big issue over here with the White Walkers, but, like, right now, like, family is the more important thing. Like, we need to, I need to, you know, make sure my family's safe. So, I, I see where yeah. he's coming from. I mean, I, I, as you've said that, I agree with it. Like, I think, I don't think he's unmotivated to do it. I just think that it's kind of like, it's like, this is not the White Walker part of Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, that's going to come back in later. Mm-hmm. We've established the threat. We've established how hard a threat it is. And, like, they can't amp up that element from here on out. So I'm pretty sure we're just going to get a non-White Walker portion from here on out. Well, tomorrow, well, next season, they have shown that Bran is going to see the White Walkers, which That's, I think gets oh, into actually, my bigger theory, correct. which is that Bran is eventually going to obviously ride a dragon. You know, the the line which he says in last the beginning of oh, God was season four was the last time we saw Bran yeah. was, uh, "You will never walk again, but you will fly." So obviously, to mm. me, that means dragons. You know, and I or feel like crowd. once he sees this and the ability <laughs> to obviously warg into a dragon is going to oh, be, dude, yeah, I think oh. big. Big so bad. Like John yeah. is like writing Bran. <laughs> it's such an image. I'm sorry. John know. is writing Hodor. <laughs> Bran is writing John. And they're all writing Drogon. <laughs> <laughs> and Daenerys is just in the background and like that. I don't know. I imagine this is fan art of just like going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that reminds me of that moment when. 
when uh, Daenerys' uh, lover, I can't remember his name, made that um, double entendre to Jorman. And Jorman just looks at him like, really? Ride the dragon? Did you just do that? Did you just... <laughs> Did you make that pun? <laughs> we're going to get there. We, are, we have so much to cover, and we've just fucked up because we have a lot to talk about. But it's oh, Well, God, I was trying to provide so a transition, wherever, however you want to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go. That's at the end. We're going to Danny at the end. Stay with okay, the script, okay. Trevor. Okay. <laughs> I, I Next up is the Theon and y- and Theon and Yara slash Asha, whatever the fuck they want to call her on the show. <laughs> 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 Theon returning home. What long-term effects do you think this is gonna happen on the Game of Thrones? So, well, it's interesting because this is a, a book related. We already know what happens right, with the right, whole right. King's Malt, and so I don't know if they're going to change it at all because we can be on bringing it. back. They're yeah. going to change it. This is this is tertiary lines, and it's going to be important to how they. F- I imagine them just killing this. Um, I, it depends on whether or not they want to develop Theon or like. I think the issue is like as many storylines as they have now, one of them has to be abandoned to the SS. Uh, you know, dropped plot thread, and unfortunately, I think Theon is the most case. Like, there's going to be a resolution here really quickly, and it's gonna, and then it's just this is just going to get dropped, and then Theon's going to pop up for some sort of climactic finish with Ramsay, like, or he's going to motivate the Ironborn to help the North, which makes no sense to my mind. I I agree right. with that because if you if you look at the books, like Euron wins the King's Mood, and I think Clash of King, or no, in uh, Storm of Swords, the third book. And then he doesn't really do anything as a ruler of the Iron Islands for the next two books, so I feel like they've gotta they've gotta like move ahead on that plot line. So I feel like Asha's I could see Asha winning that, and then like her and Theon coming up with some sort of plan, uh, just because they have to move that story along. Like it, it's kind of filler, <laughs> really, in the books. So right, but I also wonder why you even bring in Euron if they're just gonna make her be the uh, king's ruler, you know? I mean, so, but you're right. It's also like by bringing Theon back, it feels like. He obviously has to be more plot important than there, if he's there are just so a cousin. Many fucking theories involved with Euron, and and I love that. Like, it's it's interesting to me because like there are so many theories that like wh- who's the who's Daenerys's guy that's not um oh my god I'm Jorah Mormont. No, 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 the other one. Dario? Uh, Dario. Oh, Dario. Dario yeah, oh, the but, Dario is Euron thing? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one drove me nuts. Like, I was just like, no, fuck off. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> like, like I, I like how you've got, like, there's, like, maps online drawing dots between all, like, his sailing points. And you're like, he's a great sailor. And I'm like, no, you're just reaching. <laughs> you're, you're just reaching to make a character that GRM flew out of nowhere to, like, advance a plot line. Like, it makes sense. And he's just like and at some point like sometimes you're like actually you know what you know he just fucks up and just like oh i need to advance this shit yeah on great character day. yeah i think <laughs> one of the interesting things is like the transition from reek back to theon because i feel like for the last season he really hasn't kind of been himself really so i think he's slowly getting back there where he actually is like coming back to into some agency um, and I think this might have been, like, the turning point where he and, and Asha are having their kind of heart-to-heart where he kind of pledges his loyalty to her. So I don't... Not Asha, Yara. Oh, yeah, Yara. Yara. Asha, Yara on the show, Asha in the book. Asha, yeah, okay, well, moving on to Asha's death. Good job, Trevor. That was a, that was a slick Was that better, Jack? Did you, did you like we'll that mention better? It, mention it, and we'll make right. it more slick. Great, I did like great. that. That was well done. <laughs> so Asha just gets stabbed in the throat. With like yep. no no motivation other than making us 
I and, and I have to admit I disliked it because it's it's a it's a crappy end to her storyline and I don't need more reasons to hate Ramsey. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> all around it's just useless and cutting off a character they didn't need. So like, I think it was all right because she was always going to help the Starks no matter what and it was nice to see someone at least try to kill the goddamn guy. Like we haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Like he just has been like impervious to even the barest attempts of murder. But uh, it also did feel totally like, eh, we need Rick on. Do we really need Asha? Maybe she just gets stabbed. Well, it was one yeah, of those things Rick where, where everyone watching that scene knew what was going to happen. Like, there's no oh, way yeah. that Ramsey was going to die this early. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I wanted Asha to get an ear or something. Like, as soon as that happened, I was a like, dick. No, I do? no I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, get yourself a dick, girl. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I felt like I wanted... I wanted, like, the whole thing to be, like, I wanted her to die and it to show a chink in Ramsey's armor, you know? Hmm. And to, like, you know, show at least, like, deteriorating mental disability or something yeah. about him. Like, obviously, he's, like, he's just, like, right. the Joker-level right. crazy at this point on the show. And he's, like, this genius Joker. And I'm, like, why did you even win against Roos? Like, that makes no sense that, like, he won <laughs> against Roos. That, that, that actually drove me nuts and like i don't really see him i see him as this excellent like crazy in terms of like you don't know what he's gonna do next but like as a supreme leader of an army i'm like uh i didn't get I why know, that and i yeah. don't care i didn't get why that right. power well yeah was so easy for him either really that was kind of unexplained for me well it's not that's one thing i do like is that literally no one buys that he his yeah. dad was killed by their enemies like everybody's like oh he killed him of course so he killed him. what are you talking about here's like, my problem with that is that you know, with with Roos there, like there was some sort of plausible plan that you could see the Boltons actually defeating Jon right. Snow at the wall. And without Roos, like there's no there's no way. Like Jon has to defeat him because he's not so, like he has no plan. <laughs> here's the issue that I'm coming up against. That's right. He's he's pure villain now. That's right, true. right, right. Here's the issue that it's coming up against me in Game of Thrones. At some point, there has to be a traditional narrative that's going to kick in here, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, I love the Game of Thrones and its ability just to kill off characters and good guys not to win. And the thing that's the thing that's 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 happening here is that we're developing like we're developing less. Like, the, the Lannisters were amazing in that, like, as time developed, like they became developed characters and weren't just like pushover villains. Like, Jamie has realistic plot points and things that he wants to do and he has a family to protect now and he's becoming a full villain and cersei to my mind is much scarier in the show mostly because of lena hetty like not not to be offensive yeah. like she's a babbling <laughs> baboon in this point in the in the story but in the in the in the show she's like she's still lena hetty and you can't see lena hetty on screen but not have respect for her which is unfortunately i think i think like the show doesn't necessarily know exactly what to do Except, you know, have, like, a great, like, you know, have her cause, like, whatever the fuck's gonna happen in King's Landing. Well, I think it's, uh... Sanders. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to King's... Do you want to go to King's Landing? Or we, no, no, we no, 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 we're not, we're not moving on. I, okay. I actually want to, I want to finish this point. But I think, I think the... I forgot what the point was. Fuck. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring in a real quick point. It's that I do think the show, you're right, is starting to get to a point, And it, it's where we'll, if George R. R. Martin ever finishes these damn books, we'll see... But I feel like it might be the biggest thing that's there's between the show versus the books, would be my guess, is right. that the show is definitely starting to look more like a show in, hey, who are the characters people like a lot? You know, and certainly Jon Snow's very important in the books, and Daryl's very important right. in the books and everything, but it also does feel like we're getting, 
we're we're zooming along to the point of like, okay, let's let's get this shit done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Jamie Lannister is never gonna go up to the Riverlands and experience yeah. life and stuff. Right. He's gonna take shit over, you know, because we all love Nicholas Cage and Walsta, and I don't Would care you... how fucked up my name name is. Like, you know, you want to see him do shit, you know, and you want right. to see John do shit. And you're right, Ramsey's like, if he's the only character left, we gotta watch five more, two more seasons of him just skinning people. Like, it's gonna be boring. So that's why you know right. already he's basically gonna die. Well, I, I think that's the thing, and I think that's that's what's happening now is like they're cutting down on characters. They they're like they're marching, to, and maybe it's just maybe they're going to slow down because I felt this season, this episode was definitely slowing down for the first couple episodes, which were super fast. I mean, the first episode was molasses, just reminding reminding us where everyone was, and then the episode after that was just like super freaking fast in terms of yeah two kings died in that episode that was crazy (laughs) yeah so much happened and then this is slowing back down and i think the thing is i don't want it to slow back down because i feel like i know where the story is going i don't think think this is a slowing down episode though like this was i mean a lot lot. happened no no no. they didn't slow back it was not nearly as slow as as like 90 percent of the episodes in last season last season was molasses and i think that's why like the depression at the end of the show i'm just like oh my god dude i watched all these episodes for this like fuck you (laughs) should we uh should we head to the eerie yeah, let's go to the Erie. Shine, take us on our adventure across Westeros. <laughs> so, in the Erie, we have we finally saw Littlefinger again, which I thought was really exciting. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, back. I love him. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. And uh, mm-hmm. you you just get to see really just how how he's manipulated uh, Robin, Aaron, just to just to. My favorite moment was uh, when he starts manipulating him into uh, going to save. Uh, uh, Sansa at the wall, and he gets him. He gets Robin to be like, "Oh, I guess we should go save her." And he's like, "Oh, yes, that was my inclination as well." <laughs> <laughs> I was. I mean, I still like the actor. I still like how his portrayal of Littlefinger. I don't agree with the writing and the direction they've taken him in terms of being like teleporting Littlefinger. And now Littlefinger's here, and he's doing. He's shit. always done yeah, that. Dude. What, what is his plan at this two. point? Is he just like, like the making the next move over and over again, or does he have some? Does he want to be? warden of the north what the fuck does he want like i just don't even know what he no wants. he just like leaves the city and then gets an uber like right outside of town that's how he moves <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's his secret he has uber in westeros um but like the whole i i think that's the thing is like at this point post sansa like his plot line is so confused i need time with him to like really reinvest in him as a character because i don't still care so efficient he's like the sansa crime like the sansa getting raped thing so here's where I think there was some interesting. So Aiden did an interview, and he kind of said on it that uh, Littlefinger legit fucked up here, where he like actually didn't know that Ramsay was as big of an asshole as he was, and he kind of feels bad about that. So that's the reason that he's going to go like save Sansa. But I'm not sure if that's actually Bullshit. the case, though. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Bullshit. it may have more been. I think he may have fucked up in thinking that he was appealing to. Roos. I think he wanted an alliance with Roos Bolton. He's fine with that. He does not want an alliance with Ramsay. That's Bolton. believable. I think that's, that's believable. That's be- I, I believe that because like I never think that Littlefinger doesn't have like his character arc. Like can- it cannot. 
I will not believe he is going to move the veil and his piece on the board to go save a girl. Like, he's just going to be like, oh, well. Like, you know, he let that he let the prostitute die in the first season to Joffrey. Like, he's not, he's not, like, I mean, and, and they've always, they've always, in the books, they play up, like, his connection to, like, Caitlyn Tully and his love of her and his extended love of, like, Sansa from that. But at the same time, like, I don't think he ever expected to lose Sansa. Like, that's my thought process, and I think, like, he wanted to have an alliance with Roos, and it's just not played out from there. And I, I, I like that. I like that arc, Ben. I think that's the thing. He's, like, coming back, and he's like, I did not know. Right. Which is going to yeah. suck, because, like, I don't... I, I do think that Sansa, like, they need to have a moment where Sansa rejects him. Right. Uh, yeah. That I'm hoping that's Caesar, yeah. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to hate that. I'm going to hate that when she's like, don't trust him again. Well, she she has she has too much uh, agency now. I think like her experience with like Ramsey has like aged her significantly. I think as a character, so that now yeah. now well, the, she's back yeah. on the wall. Like she is just a completely yeah. different person than she was. Well, that's the big thing about Littlefinger. It, I do feel like we're gonna finally figure out what he ultimately wants because he is gonna matter so much because the Eerie has so many more. The Eerie could change the Battle of Winterfell, obviously. That's the right. big no, thing no. about it. Like, that's the thing is, like... They you know, need he's him. He's got 5,000 knights. The Eerie has more. I mean, they gotta go north, which sucks. Um, that's the issue, is, like, the Eerie could lose all its knights in the north. Which is hilarious, because that's just the thing about the north. Is because if you fight in the... If you fight Northmen in the north, you're gonna get fucked up. <laughs> it's like... That's right. Like, like, it doesn't matter how many knights they have. They can march, and they could still, like, totally die. Yeah, they encounter a blizzard, and they're fucked. <laughs> like, I love that. I love, like, that's the, like, the north is, like, the ultimate, like, just, like, whatever the writer wants. It's like, there's a blizzard, and they died. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like Russia, man. Just don't invade. Don't no, invade. exactly. It's like, you know, you know, that's what I feel like the Starks were beforehand, and now it's like, you know, it's like, don't fight Starks, and it's like, eh, don't fight Boltons. Jesus Christ. I mean, I think, I think, I think where this is going is like they're gonna bring them into things, and they want to make the battle. And I think like the North is turning up, and it's gonna be like a continued storyline. So there'll be like heavy North episodes moving forward, where we get the episode where you see Sansa and Jon, and they're you know uniting the wildlings, and they're uniting all the thing, and the veil comes up, and they're talking to Peter, and they're trying to figure out if he's gonna stab him in the back. And Brienne's th- like, I mean, it's interesting to me because like looking at these storylines. You know, we have the North with Sansa, we have Winterfell, we have the Vale, and and then... The yeah, Iron Islands. Have, like, we have, yeah, the Iron Islands. All these are linked into what's going to eventually be Bastard Bowl. Like, it's going to happen. Right. Like, but it's interesting to me that, like, we have so many players with, with like, in the North now, with the White Walkers just over the wall. Like, it's going to be interesting, because, like, it's, it's interesting to see the plot centralizing more and more. Um, and it's going to happen, I'm pretty sure, like, we're going to get a division. Like, this is going to keep going on. Whatever the fuck happens in the North is going to keep going on. And I'm, I'm sure there's still going to be, like, a ton of murders. Like, I don't think this is the army that Jon Snow is going to conquer Winterfell with. I think, like, the Wildlings are going to die or, like, partially will die or, you know, the Vale Knights get murdered or something's going to happen and Winsy's gonna, Ramsey's going to win a few more times before, like, he eventually dies. Which is the interesting thing because at this point I think Ramsey's going to die or be supplanted by somebody else. And since there's no one else on the human side that can supplant him, I think, like, the, at the point that Ramsey dies is the point that the White Walkers are going to come over the walls and that's going to be, like, the end Absolutely. timeline Absolutely. for this series. 
right yeah i i think i think yeah once ramsey dies the wall will explode like they're gonna find the magic thing that breaks the wall exactly which is is hard for me because like like knowing that he's the trigger for this event from like a narrative plot structure it's like kind of making me like well you're not gonna kill him now fuck like (laughs) it it was always in my mind in the book like you know ramsey's gonna die and then maybe Roos will come up with a bastard plan but there's more players up there now and on the evil side whereas now it's like you know there's ramsey he's evil everyone has to kill him and i don't find that as interesting as all the other previous players in the game of thrones i thought it was more interesting when people were motivated like the lannisters so i really hope they figure out how to re-involve the lannisters and they get past bernie sanders which is again another wonderful transition to the next point (laughs) sean take us on our coach down to king's landing what's going on there so there's there's a lot going on in king's landing you've got um First off, you've got the whole small council issue, right? Where, um, you know, it's it, for the last three episodes, Jamie and Cersei have just kind of been like wandering around and not really doing all that much. Um, now this time, they 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 finally were able to something to negotiate a kind of an, a deal with the Tyrells because um, it's been interesting that the whole like alliance between the Lannisters and the Tyrells hasn't really been doing all that much. It's kind of been an alliance in name only. And uh, finally, they decide to actually do something with their power because the Tyrells do have a huge army. So they've decided that they're going to go, uh, you know, essentially take out the, the High Sparrow. So, so that, that was, that's one plot line. The other plot line is, uh, you know, uh, Marjorie going and finding Loras. And uh, really, Loras has kind of lost his mind, you know, kind of rotting away in the dungeons. And uh, it seems that it's the High Sparrow's plan to kind of break Marjorie by having her there with Loris and just seeing like how demoralized he's become. So it seems like there's, there's a lot more to, to come with that, uh, with that, with that plot line. You also got the most important plot line, which is click game ball. It's still happening. It's confirmed. It's 100% confirmed. I know it's happening. <laughs> they mentioned a uh, trial by combat again, this episode. Are you kidding me? It's going to happen. All right. That's all. I got my click game ball rant out for the day. Um, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I like the High Sparrow thing, but I definitely agree it's become wheel spinny. It just keeps going on and on and on, and now we're probably going to hit the thing where they're going to try and get, you know, this whole plan to get Marjorie, and you know it's not going to go well, <laughs> and you just, like, uh, you just know a lot of it is going to be oh, yeah. frustrating. Because I don't every, think we're getting rid of Jonathan Price anytime soon. Everybody too. in that room, uh, in, the, in the small council, both uh, Cersei and Jamie, and then the Tyrells, clearly have secondary motivations there. <laughs> You know, I think I think uh, Cersei is counting on the High Sparrow killing Marjorie and Loras, and she's like, well, "That's fine, like you know, it is what it is. I don't care." <laughs> right? She might even bribe a few guards to be like, "Just get a few stabs in." And then you know, uh, the Tyrells, on by the by the same token, I think are going to be happy just to have their army inside King's Landing because, like, what do you, what's going to happen when the Tyrells are just like coming oh. into the city? Right? Like the last time we had that happen was the sack of King's Landing, which happened, which predated the actual the series, but that's where... Uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Sean, you're right. If you invite a whole army to the city, what stops them from being like, hey, we're in charge now. Right, exactly. So I think, I think as I said, like, they've, they've got... Se- they've got secondary motivations in coming to that agreement. So it's... I think, I think they're setting up some sort of a, a conflict down there. I mean, at the same time, did you guys even notice that I was gone? <laughs> no, we noticed. <laughs> we heard all the clanking yeah. silverware in the background. Glassware. 
there's there's drinks being made. Get yourself um, a scotch. <laughs> I got myself a bigger scotch. I needed I needed it for this, especially King's Landing, which is boring the shit out of me this season. I'm, I did as well. I just don't know where it's going. And I think this is the thing is like people are like questioning his character trying to figure out what the fuck's going on and I'm just at this point it's like I don't know and I need to see like I, he needs to make like <sighs> I guess like this it's interesting in this series I just don't believe there's a character that's just truly out for the people because at this point I'm like you know you would be the literally the best man in all of Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's the thing. That's the thing. This is why I call him Bernie Sanders, other than the fact that he looks like Bernie Sanders. And he's like, yeah, I'm for the people. But it's like, no, you're not. You've got your own motivations, motherfucker. I see what you're doing. I see what your game is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I probably turned off a lot of our audience there, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I voted for Bernie. I'm still on the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> oh, who do you guys support in the next election? Bernie's, uh, Nobody. No. <laughs> We're not going to go off the rails that that hard. Political podcasting. <laughs> Let's get rid of all the fans. But, but the high sheriff <laughs> did, like last episode, he did kind of put his cards on the table where he said that you know, it, it, we're just a group of ordinary people, but when we unite, we can overthrow an empire. And it's like, you know, that's that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's got his whole game where he's like, oh, yeah, I just like, you know, the seven-pointed star. No, 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 no. But it's like, no. No, he, I did like that reveal. Over. He is trying to take over 100%. <laughs> he's not a no, good No, I did person. like that reveal, too, because you're right. When In that sequence, that's when he finally kind of showed his true colors. When you show up with a gang of armed thugs, it's like, are you really a religion at that point? You know, you are going to a bigger... You are I trying mean, to get to something bigger, think, for sure. Do you think he just honestly believes you have to have some force in some form or mat fashion to, like, make the royals realize anything? Like, I mean... I, I like think he may have started out as a truly believing that, but the more power he is, is achieving, I think he's definitely being corrupted by it. I do truly believe that. No, I'm cool. I just, like, it's not I, It's not that I disagree with you. It's just that I don't have enough evidence to myself to believe that. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's more I, speculation on my part. I, I, I no, 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 no. I agree. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, disagreeing or unagreeing with you. I'm just, like, saying, like, I have no fucking idea, which kind of bothers me about his character because, like, I don't disagree with Bernie Sanders' delivery. Like, the character himself, he's amazing. Like, he's doing a good job <laughs> with it. I just don't know. He's, like, truly the only character in all of Game of Thrones where I don't know where the fuck they stand. And this is a really good character development show and he's just undeveloped and it's really funny because they've given so much monologue time to him and he's a great actor and i'm just like i don't i still can't connect with whatever the fuck's going on and i think that's more <laughs> that i can't connect with the storyline oh i don't know i think i think they've developed him really well because you just see how he's like he's manipulating these characters like first with tom and where you know tom and comes in with his king's guard and he's ready to just like kill everybody in there and the high sparrow is able to like get him to sit down with him on the bench and he's like Bro, I don't know, he makes his little speech and Tommen's just like, Tommen's just like drinking it all up and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go home, like, I'm not gonna kill you. Tommen is so fucking stupid. I mean, Isn't I, it funny that right now you kind of wish Joffrey was there? Because he probably would have killed those people immediately. Uh, <laughs> this would have yeah. been solved in the <laughs> afternoon. He'd be like, what happened? Who? Well, I don't care. Kill them. I don't care. Why? <laughs> I will say that's, that's in, that is an issue with King's Landing is because, like, before, like, it was so much fun to hate Joffrey. 
And that's what's happened up to this point. And, like, his exodus from the storyline has kind of made it, like, I'm kind of bored with, the with like, the players on the Game of Thrones at this point. Because, like, I can't imagine, like, Jon or Sansa coming down there and, like, engaging in the Game of Thrones. Like, no one is going to come there and engage in the Thrones. Like, it is, like, everyone has exited the Thrones, and whatever happens from here on out is going to be a climactic battle. Well, there's... Yeah, well, literally every one of the five kings died, right? They're all dead now. They're so, all like... dead. They're yeah. all dead. <laughs> so there is no throne. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's two points I'll make. Like, one, Tommen is just, like, in the books, he's, like, a just a, this little kid, right? Like... So he's clearly in over his head in terms of actually Cer- like ruling. Cersei, Cersei is the agency, and right. they've always established that. And they're even taking more less. And in the books, they're taking agency away from her. Like she, and that's the issue. Is like she's won the Game of Thrones. Tommen's won the Game of Thrones by Cersei. And like at this point, like it's just more. I feel like their storyline is just more a story about how winning the Game of Thrones doesn't give you what you want. <laughs> right, and that's that's what I think is fascinating too, is because it's like we we're like we're all, we've been fighting for this throne for five five and a half years now, right? And right. now like Tommen has it, but he can't do anything. Like he he's not more he's... if you're looking at the characters' development rates on the shows, because like I'm just saying, Arya didn't have boobs when we started. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got like okay, I'm not touching that one. But you yeah, know. I'm <laughs> But I think I don't know. I think like Danny probably has more power than Tommen does. Like John in like a minute if he lies with the uh the Eerie is gonna have more power than Tommen does. Like it really shows you that the having the Iron Throne doesn't mean a whole lot. I disagree, man. They got they got they got at least two of the seven kingdoms walked up there. And that's the point is I'm gonna make is they have the Lannisters they got Kayvon, which is the big deal is they need to kill off Kayvon because that that has to happen for like Wait, Kevin Kevin? Yeah, Kevin. We'll just call him <laughs> okay. Kevin. Like let's let's continue making stupid names for people. I, uh, Bernie Sanders is my favorite for the High Sparrow, but I, I'm gonna enjoy Kevin. <laughs> like Kevin must die. <laughs> and we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> Well, that was another moment where, you know, they introduced this character in, like, the second episode of this season, and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Wait, is that, is that Kevin Lannister? Like, he's still around? Like, like Varys didn't from? shoot him with a crossbow last season? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought that totally happened. I just missed it. <laughs> I mean, I well, that's, that's exactly the point. Like, is like, you, know, uh... you got Highgarden, who hasn't been in a war, really, honestly. Like, Highgarden hasn't really been involved. The Lannister army's beaten to hell, but, like, at the same time, they're still there. There's still, like, all this power in the south that's not unified. Like, the, the High Garden is a huge power block that's just not involved. And then you have Dorne. Who, who the fuck knows where Dorne is at this point? See, that's that's the issue, is that the south is just completely in tatters, and it's... it's they're just waiting for Danny. Like it's you feel you they're feel laying the like carpet that. out. They're laying the carpet out for Danny to just come in and like completely take over the south. <laughs> she just has to right. walk be, in and keep the be, door down. <laughs> it would be interesting if you had that kind of thing, which is interesting because I don't know how they're going to complete that line. I mean, I really think like Randall Tarley and everyone south like is really there to be wiped up by Danny. But maybe that's what they're setting it up for. And Danny gets to the Iron Throne and it's like a hollow victory or something. I don't know. Right. Well, Jon Snow's like escaping the well, as I White said, Walkers up north, you know. As I said, well, yeah, the whole like Song of Ice and Fire thing, like it's definitely a north south divide that I see happening. But um, yeah, and the, and the plot lines are going to eventually meld, and there's going to be two plot lines, and that's what's going to happen. Like I see, I cannot imagine it happening any other way. Right. 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 
Well, they want to probably shoot down on locations, just in like a general thing. Like, they probably just want to shoot down locations so they can put more money in the CGI. Like, location shooting is uh, killing their their budget yeah. for a lot of. I it, think you know? I think they need to. There needs to be a unification of thing. <laughs> I think they're. At, I think we're not. Like the one thing is like. I know we're not going to get a lot of CGI this season because there's just too many places people fucking are. Like, right. Everyone's apart. They have, like, this, they literally have, like, six shooting units. Do you know how expensive that is? That, like, that's, like, the multiplier by ten of the expense costs. Like, and they always go to very pretty places that cost a freaking fortune. Yeah, here's the thing. In the final season, if they're, like, seriously all the plot lines like converge and they really only have two primary plot lines like and they only have two shooting units like they they literally like their effects budget will go up by like a hundred percent literally like i mean like that's true that's the, i mean that i like in my mind i'm just like wow i'm glad like george r. r martin like planned this out for them but like that's exactly what's gonna happen because that's what's gonna happen they don't have the effects budget for a White Walker army until all the plot lines converge. And so it's funny to like plot out Game of Thrones and be like, from a monetary perspective, it's too early for them to come over the wall. <laughs> well, if you want a full dragon battle, you gotta cut some locations, right, man. Right, right. Like, Maisie gotta... Williams had to be reintegrated in the cast before we could have a dragon fly over Westeros. Like, that's just a fact. <laughs> Season 8 will take place just in a warehouse. It's gonna happen. <laughs> well, so I was nervous and watch the whole like behind the scenes thing and uh if you watch that they've got six different locations in just spain and that's not counting like all the other countries that they're in <laughs> it's, it's insane it's it, insane it is absolutely <laughs> insane and like here's the thing rome the show rome on hbo costs more to make and i just don't get it I just don't not until this season until this season possible. now it's at rome level <laughs> I, I just don't understand how that's possible. <laughs> it just drives me insane. I don't know. I like want to cry when I read that. I was like, who bet on Rome? <laughs> they really bet on Rome, man. Oh, no, it is a great show. Do you like Rome? Have you seen? I'm not, this is not a Rome podcast. Fuck that show. <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> let's move on to Danny. All right, the primary well, first, well, first, let's talk to. Uh, uh, we got to do Tyrion. First. We should do Tyrion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like any of that. I'm sorry. I liked it. I, I think I, I like it. where it's going in terms of possibly setting up a Tyrion versus Danny issue, where he's going to be the politician and she wants to be the conqueror. But that's never worked. Obviously, it's been the big thing. It's yeah. like three seasons of her being like, I am great at conquering, I am terrible at ruling, I am the, you know, well, pick I, your I think... famous conqueror person, you know. I and so it might become a thing of, uh, is Tyrion gonna I don't... fight her, or is Tyrion gonna be against her, or is he gonna fight, or are they gonna No, I never thought you know? that lining up. I, I see this going straight forward, dude. I agree, because, like, if you listen to Tyrion's pitch to Danny in terms of, like, why you should take him on as an advisor... Like, he pretty much said in his pitch that, hey, this is the way I play the game. Like, I'm going to negotiate. Um, so she she knows what he's doing, right? And, like, that's the reason that Missande and Grey Worm are trusting him. Uh, because Danny has put her trust in Tyrion. So I think, I don't, I, I agree with Jack that it's going to be a kind of a straightforward line. Yeah, I, I, I you see, here's the thing. I, I see conniving and all this shit materializing in the North. Like, like I, I really do mean that. I do not. Th I think the veil is gonna die in the north, and I think the wildlings are gonna have setbacks in the north. And and I don't think Jon Snow is even gonna conquer Winterfell with the current army he has. Like something's gonna come, or like the white, or or here's the other thing that could happen. Like 
Ramsey could be living when the White Walkers come over the wall and John just runs for it. Like, he loses the whole battle and then runs south while the White Walkers come over the wall and take over Ramsey, and then Ramsey's like, I'll be a White Walker, and then he's the evil, big evil of the show, which could happen. <laughs> which is, uh, sorry. Oh. So, why did we go back to Winterfell again? I don't Just to suffer. Like, we're Let, watching Game of Thrones. If you want to go watch Happy Time Fun Hour, Sesame Street. No, but we were talking about Marine. You were going back to Winterfell. I don't, I don't know. No, no, no. Okay, I had a point. I had a point. You're right. You're right. Okay. I had a point. <laughs> All right. The point... But- the point okay, back to your point. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just one second bit. The point okay, was, I'm like, ready. I see conniving happening in the North. Like, there's a ton of shit that can happen. There's not much that can happen in the Danny plotline, because there's not a lot of characters in play. Like, I still feel like that. I still think like there's going to be, because there are two big ones of Tyrion and Danny. And I do feel like, do you really think Danny's going to come in with a giant army of Dothraki, and then Tyrion's going to be like, hey, we agreed to settle it, so no reason to bring your giant army into the city. No, I think she's going to be hyped up on her usual conqueror high. That's a good point. She's going to want to say, fuck these people, I'm going to kill them all. That's a really fucking good point, Ben. Right. You're right. Like, she's going to come back and he's going to be like, I fixed it with politics. She's like, no, fuck you, I want to kill people. My (laughs) my unsullied... Yeah, go, Parab. I... That's... And it's like true. and like came out of fun. I love that trick, by the way. That was that, hilarious. That's not how that's not how civilization progresses. Like anyone who studies history knows that you can't just go in <laughs> and kill everybody and be like, no, oh, magic we're... fucking dragon shot. Like what the fuck? <laughs> we're gonna come in and we're just gonna like kill everybody and we're gonna have like a new way of life now. That's straight up not how it works. Like they've had slavery for literally generations. I mean, it's a good thought because they set it up. I'm, I'm just so, saying. No, like Tyrion, Tyrion's in the right here. Like Tyrion knows that, like, if you're going to change the way things are, like, you can't do well, it. No, no, over. I agree with him. I agree that Tyrion is in the right. I just think that, like, that their point that Danny's going to come north with a Dothraki army and just be like, I'm going to go fuck everything up, and like Tyrion's going to be like, No, let give peace a chance. I think <laughs> I think like Ben's right. That is that is a plot line that's going to happen, and I didn't recognize it till I realized that Danny is going to have all this increased Dothraki strength. But I think I, th- right. I think you're discounting. And it's bullshit. That, I agree with you, Sean. That it's bullshit that she gets that. that that's not how <laughs> it works. But like you know, there are dragons and swords and ice monsters that ride giant spiders. Like what are the fuck are we going to talk about here? <laughs> there, there might that's be. the thing about Danny. She just got to use that fire trick, man. Every fire. time something's fucked up, it's a fire trick. God. <laughs> there might be a conflict like Sean, i don't go. doubt it but i think that like danny's learned something from like trying to rule marine and like not being really successful at it where like you've got the sons of the harpy upright you know rising up against her and like it's kind of falling to shit and she's gonna know i mean she has to have learned from that right like she has to know <laughs> like there is evi- I... <laughs> you just can't kill everybody it's not gonna work that way <laughs> <laughs> she is, sure wants to. <laughs> uh, also, does anyone want to comment how I'm so glad that like Claire, whatever her face is, is like agreeing to do like naked scenes again? Oh no, she's not. That was CGI, dude. She CGI her no, face on with someone shit, else's body. Damn it! Game of yeah. Thrones and your CGI breasts. You're like I told you. She, she, <laughs> she did what Cersei did, man. Yeah, she. Jesus, I guess that's true. Like Cersei, like Lena Headey was just. I'm just gonna do this, and now like Emily DeClark is like. I want to do that. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Frankly, like I was expecting her to do it because that is that was a really powerful moment, and it's also the powerful moment echoes like the first season. Right, it's her rebirth again. Yeah. You know, but it's also like how many rebirths do you get? I don't. I mean, I, it echoes it, but it's not like the same moment that the rebirth in the first season was. Like, frankly, that was powerful. You know, like this right. was not this was not all powerful because we were all questioning like. Like what we were all googling at once. Like how does like like how does brimstone work? <laughs> it doesn't expand. It is it super flammable like gasoline. Like yeah, they, they, they got we all they were blaming themselves at once. We're like <laughs> like what did like ancient like uh, Mongolian civilizations put in their torches? Like why was it so flammable? <laughs> I mean, are, are, there are a Mongolian reference. Is that incorrect? No, yeah, absolutely. They're definitely a, a barbarian society. Yeah, I mean that's what I was. That's what I was like thinking is like they use something. There's like some sort of lamp. I'm not gonna question it. I'm not gonna question the- it. That's a stupid use of my time. <laughs> that's what I feel is like Jorah and like Jario had to have like rigged that place to blow like ahead of time, <laughs> you know? Because they they bolted the door. If they wanted to do that, Sean, they could have done two minutes of them, like, packing stuff around the hut. Like, there was one shot required to make that belief, and they just didn't put it in, so... Right, right, but that would have ruined the Apparently, everyone in Westeros uses, like, like super flammable, dangerous material to, like, like do that. But it would have ruined the moment, because everyone's like, oh, Danny's in deep shit. You know, and then it made like a surprise when she just like turned the tables on everybody. Like it was kind of cool flat (laughs) talk. No, it's a cool. I'm not. It's a cool moment. It's just like at the same time, like you know, it's one of those moments that's unbelievable because it takes you out. I mean, maybe I'm alone in that. I started googling like ancient like lamp lighting (laughs) techniques. Like like, I'm not gonna lie, that was what I did a half hour after the show. Is like Google what people in like medieval times used for like lamp fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just well, I was more focused on uh, George R. R. Martin has said that like, oh no, Danny is not. Like immune to fire, it was like a one-time miracle thing of her going into the fire in the first book, and this book was like, oh no, she's immune to fire. She's just a fireproof. Well, I think I person. Think, I think the nice thing here is that we're starting to get into a territory where I do really think the showrunners are going to start diverging hardcore from Mark. Oh yeah, this was one of the first big ones of like, no, she's just immune to fire. It's just easier visually and yeah, and narratively think, and things like that. Frankly, yeah. it makes me happy, and I think that like this is the right decision for the show. Because I really want them to diverge sharply from the books because when the books come out, I want – and this is what I imagine. I can't imagine an agent for George R. R. Martin saying, oh, yeah, do exactly what I do in the books because when his books come out and, like, the show's done, which we, it will be before he comes out with a book. God knows the second coming of Christ will happen before he's done with the books. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, we will all, like, be in hell and be like, oh, the latest Game of Thrones in the final of the season. <laughs> which will come out first, Half-Life 3 or before <laughs> we're all, Winter? I love how no one questions the fact that we're all going to be in hell together. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think the point is, is, like, I really want it to be different from the series, and I'm ready for it to start diverging even more hardcore, you know? Right, right. Yeah. But going back to your main point about, like, the, the comparison between, like, the, the finale of season one and then this episode, like, I think obviously the huge, the biggest difference was this This was just on a much bigger scale, even though I think it was better done in the first season. What kind of made this cool is that, like, you know, back, back in the first season, Danny was doing this before, like, I don't know, like, 100 or 200 people, right? Like, it was, like, the remnants of, like, Drogo's army after, like, they had all left. 
and now she's got literally all of the Dothraki watching this happen. So it's just right. yeah. So it's it's I think it's a much bigger deal. I think so too, and I think like Danny is like I think the issue too is like Tyrion is ruling versus Danny who is conquering. And Danny is this charismatic leader who everyone follows because she's doing everything. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, where this goes. Because I do think they're... Uh, now that Ben has said it, I can't unthink it. No offense. Well done, Ben. <laughs> well done. <laughs> no, no, no. But, like, seriously, they are setting up this dynamic of ruling versus Danny. And I think if we're going to go with the three heads theory of, like, John, Danny, and Tyrion being the three heads of the dragon... I think that all three of them, it might be interesting to set up all three of them as a different version of a ruler. And Danny is this charismatic conqueror, and Tyrion is this political master. And I don't know what the fuck John's going to represent, but maybe he'll develop it overnight season when he's, when he's leading the wildlings, clearly to defeat Winfrey. We'll see what the fuck happens. I have no idea. All I, all I know is I, he's right. You're right. Yeah, he's, he's like the, 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 like the Ned Star. Yeah. 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 He's like yeah. he's ruling through justice. Like justice is the goal, whereas you know Danny and Tyrion are more about results. Right. right. Danny is conquering. John is justice, and Tyrion is like, look, people are assholes. Let's try to make them the least amount of assholes possible. <laughs> like, let's meet somewhere in the middle. You know. And yeah. they're they're the three heads of the dragon. So like Aegon, they're all gonna gang bang Danny. So it's gonna be like a midget John and Danny is gonna bang, and it's gonna be. <laughs> I wasn't going there, but okay. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Like, this is Game of Thrones. Like, you didn't think there was gonna be like some porn? I'm, I'm ready for my midget porn, baby. Let's do this. this is, we've been shockingly low on porn this season. Yeah. We have been shockingly low on season. Like, Where's all my sex position? I miss it. I know. I know. That's the thing. It's like you know, Littlefinger's back. There must be sex position. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, maybe there's just gonna be like 50 women to the veil. Like, I don't know. Like, gang banging. Like. John Aaron or something. So, I mean, I'd so, like to bring, like to bring this back from the brink. <laughs> my big takeaway from what's kind of been going on in the season so far, in this episode particularly, is really I thought what was cool about this one is that it, it really showed that the the song of fire and uh, the song of ice and fire paradigm is really developing. And it was like the first episode where it's like, oh shit, that's going to be an actual thing. And as Jack was saying, like you know, they kind of had the low point at the end of the last season. And they're really bringing it back, and things are moving really quickly. Um, so I think, really, after this see, this last episode, like I think I can kind of see how the story is going to finish. Like you know, there's there's at least you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think so. Which is yeah. the bigger thing that I want to move on to is with you guys is like, do you guys have a problem with this? Because like I know that I have a problem, especially with like Bran in this season, like cock teasing the Tower of Joy so much. Like, because, like, I knew, I know, I know what I want to happen and what it's never been confirmed by George R. R. Martin, but, like, it's so supported by the text. Like, it's hard to imagine anything else at this point happening other than, like, you know, I don't, I mean, I, I gotta put up spoilers. And what do you guys think about spoilers on this show? Obviously, we spoil everything, so who the fuck cares? Yeah, I think we'll just say book and show spoilers. But, like, spoilers. theory spoilers. This is the issues. There's theory spoilers because at the same time, like, you know r plus l equals j was like the biggest thing i mean everyone knows what the fuck that means at this point but like yeah like anyone that's like listening to a podcast about game of thrones <laughs> should know what that is no yeah it's like anyone that like listened to like an hour and a, like i think oh fuck an hour and a half of us talking this is like our <laughs> longest podcast ever it's about a 50 minute show I, I just made a new drink so we have to keep going shut up <laughs> i but like at the same time like 
like I think like anyone at this point like has to believe you know R plus L Rhaegar plus Liliana equals Jon Snow and that Rhaeg and like their uh I mean Liana. I think the Tyrion <laughs> the Tyrion link is the weakest link of those three heads but at the same time yeah Liana Liana Stark but at the same time like I feel like I know where this story is going ultimately and it's dragging me down at this point and it's like the moment to moment of this story the moment to moment of these books like I just want them to get just get on with it <laughs> you know, like that that's my that's my greatest urge do you think that's detracting from game of thrones overall well I I don't think it does like I mean they have to end it obviously somewhere and I mean, we could be completely wrong. Like it could just we be. Could be. We could be. <laughs> it could be something completely different. Um, I mean, not to be offensive, but at this point, like, if they take it somewhere else between Rhaegar and Liliana not being Jon's dad, like, at this point, like, I know that that was his original intention, and I'm just like, you just said fuck you to the fans. Like that's the <laughs> <laughs> like at that point this is what I think. I think like he definitely has planted enough evidence to make it almost entirely impossible to not be canon. That, that he is that John is Rhaegar's son. Like, yeah, I mean it's just so self-evident at this point, and especially about him calling like you know Melisandre and the show calling him the prince that was promised. It is unbelievable at this point that he is not. That. I don't know. Right, he doesn't. Look, and and he doesn't like look literally like a, a son of ice and fire. Like come on, right? <laughs> like and, and what and, are you even talking about? He doesn't have the white dream, hair. <laughs> yeah, the dream that Danny has where she goes. Essentially, like she goes, um, oh fuck, what was it? And she like, she sees a vision of Rhaegar talking to a woman and having the child, and he's like, "This is going to be the song of ice and fire." And he plays it on his lyre, and Rhaegar's a great musician, and she just starts weeping from the like the craziness, awesomeness of the song. Apparently, I mean, I I think that's it's crazy where this is gonna go. <laughs> Trevor apparently stopped recording. okay maybe an hour and 30 minutes is too much for this show but it's good for our first show to get through it yeah no i thought we covered some good ground and yeah yeah yeah. should we should we end on predictions for next episode is that a reasonable way i think so i think so sean give us your predictions first off oh man you're putting me on the spot here well Well, we don't know initially where it's gonna happen and go but i think at this point like we well, have you guys seen the uh, think, promo? Right, with Bran. So we know it's going to be a Bran-heavy episode. Well, we, we, we know for we know for sure that that uh, that somehow, with his magical powers, little finger is going to reach the wall in an ep- <laughs> in the space between the episodes, and they yep. they've kind of set up this confrontation between Littlefinger and Sansa, where she's like, "You fucked me over hard, sending me to the Boltons, and I trusted you, and you're a piece of shit." So I don't know. I think regardless of whether this happens in the next episode, I don't think it's going to happen in the next episode, but I think it will happen eventually that they set it up where Sansa's probably going to kill Littlefinger. Probably in this season is my prediction. Oof. I, I don't want to take that game. Um, I, I know. I feel like some Stark has to kill Littlefinger eventually if they find out what he did to Ned. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, man. I really want it to be Maisie Williams and Arya's character. I mean, I, no, but, but there's no there's no payoff there. Uh, frankly, like the only payoff, it's not even on Maisie Williams' list. You know, yeah, she doesn't even know. It's, it's gotta be. Payoff, it's gotta be Sansa. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta. You're right. It's gotta be Sansa, and I just don't like that as a character motivation. Like, I want Sansa to be more. I want like I really loved in the books when Sansa was becoming Littlefinger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I love that. I loved that. 
like Sansa being this conniving like pseudo Caitlyn Stark character that's like conniving and driving everyone and at this point like becoming like a little Lena Hetty and I was just like I really wanted that to pan out and I think that's why I really begrudge you know the change in the show sending her to Winterfell and stuff because I really I really like that plot line and that's just, that's the whole thing it's like that that reaffirms to me that like fucking this show can go wherever the fuck it wants to go <laughs> and like it's funny too because it's built up such an expectation in the fans like when george R. R. martin and the showrunners subvert that expectation we're all gonna be like what the fuck like, like you know, it's like it, it makes me realize actually like at this point like we have such an expectation of knowing where the fuck this is supposed to be going like they could easily subvert that and if it's done well like they could really re-deliver another red wedding to us like they really could at this point yeah, like, right. You know, like they really could. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> All right. What's your what's your prediction, Jack, for coming going forward? Oh fuck! I mean, honestly, I expect these shows to like. In in all honesty, I expect the shows to slow down at this point, and I expect them to build up the whole Tyrion being wrong thing in the next season, and like they're gonna build that up over the course of the season. You know, maybe next episode they didn't hint at going back because they're they're cock teasing us continuously on King's Landing and we're in endless small council meetings, so nothing's about that's gonna happen next episode. Hopefully, I mean we'll have a reference to it, which is all we had so far. So mostly it's gonna be a brand heavy episode. So I imagine them talking about the the White Walkers and at least giving us a tease at this point about deeper issues in the White Walkers. And here's the thing. I do think where the shows are. Sorry, we've been talking too long. <laughs> Why are you dying? I, I I think I think the White Walkers are going to be more revealed or more in the backstory of them. They have to be deeper reveals coming from the White Walkers at this point, and I think like with that, like we have to figure out like where the fuck they're going, what's right. happening. And and where where the plan is for that, and I think that's the issue is like with the White Walkers, like we don't really know in terms of George R. R. Martin's book, like they don't have like agency. They're just in, they're just a, a wall of evil coming towards everyone at this point. And I think like that's not going to be how it ends in the book. Like they're going to give them agency and other things. They're going to be interesting characters before the end of it, and they're going to have to deal with the White Walkers and talk to them eventually. So in that regards, I think that they're going to establish that with Bran more than any other character. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping and predicting that they're gonna they're gonna give one of the White Walkers agency in terms of making him a character. Hopefully, the guy with the crown. Like we're gonna talk to him and be like, "What's up, motherfucker?" And he's like, "I hate all these living motherfucker puns. I'm gonna make everybody into a fucking undead. Ooh, fucks." And I hope that's not true because I hope he has more motivation than that. So, fun fact: the guy who plays uh, the lead White Walker was the guy who killed uh, Bruce Wayne's parents in uh, Batman Begins. <laughs> that is some good good trivia that's, job, that's great I will never forget that because it's just really super fucking random that is very specific Ben your predictions and and Joffrey is in Batman Begins yes you know what you're saying? Wait, awesome. where? he's the guy he's the little kid when Batman gives him the, the thing and like he's like the kid hears his parents <laughs> arguing in the background and he gives him the little gadget that's Joffrey <laughs> Oh, he looks like he looks like he's sick. It's just this, he's his so... like little shitty periscope thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's yep. fucking that's, hilarious. That's Jeffrey. Like, that's Jeffrey. Go do good things, you. kid. And he's like ruler of the seven kingdoms, being like, "Fuck you, Batman. <laughs> Fuck you, Batman. <laughs> the stupid parents. Oh my god. Oh god. All right. Ben. That's a. I like. I like Jack's theory about the White Walkers talking. That's a very interesting one. I don't know. I, I guess mainly, yeah, just we're gonna see the the White Walkers, and I think we're gonna get a good hint that the White Walkers are a lot more powerful in terms of the magic that they really are on a level right. that Bran can't even comprehend. Like, there's the whole thing about the fact that they can touch him, you know, things like that. Like, it's going to be very... It, it's going to be intense. I think his journey to see the White Walkers is not going to be just him seeing him and then be like, fuck off! It's going to be like, he might even be somehow captured in work state can, of, like, he's that... They're that magically powerful. Can I can I add a something onto my prediction? Sure. Sure. I think we're gonna. We're. I think more importantly, we need to flesh out the capabilities of Bran next episode. Right. We need to know, know like what, what he's where actually, where we are and what we're going to. They yeah, hinted like, at him being able to change past events. Yeah, they that was definitely that. that was there. That has to come back. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna come back, and it's gonna be an issue because like Bran is a time traveling muck up motherfucker. Like that's that's some crazy shit. Like it, like because like we're in Game of Thrones, and they've given us hints of time travel capabilities. Like, <laughs> think about the ramifications to that bullshit. Like if like yeah, they go back they go back and they, like Ned Stark lives again because he like interrupts his I don't know something happens. Like, right, is that, right. Is that like possible, or like, or, or is it a set timeline and Bran's just interacting with it, and these things absolutely happen in the past? I don't I know. I think it's more of a causality loop. I really, like, I don't yeah. know, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right. If like next episode we have to start talking about like time travel logic with Game of Thrones, <laughs> like I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind. Yeah, if we start getting into looper problems too, it's oh yeah, my it's god. Gonna be all over. <laughs> oh man. Well, <laughs> Drummer, you're last. Are you in this cast? No. Yeah, I'm here. No. <laughs> oh, oh, he's here. You are. are you recording? I, I, I had to copy over the uh, the sound file to my computer and uh, empty it out and then plug it back into my uh, recorder because <laughs> we went for so long. Right. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> we won't do this next time, I swear. All right, give us your predictions for next episode. Um, Did we have, like, a particular thing we would uh, debate, bet on or uh, just in general? Does uh, anything you think will happen? Uh, well, I think Daenerys has to have some sort of moment where she makes some big sort of speech to the Dothraki to try and like win them over to the idea of coming back to. I hope the not. Slavers I hate, I hate any speeches. Yeah, which yeah. I, yeah will either be cringeworthy or maybe actually a moment with her where her character actually grows and she like reflects I'm on I'm sorry it's funny we're like six seasons into Game of Thrones and the jury is still out on whether Emily DeClark is like a good actress I know dude <laughs> I'm, I'm so like the episode like, before this one I was rolling my eyes and now we're like oh she's like, badass oh, again like, why just... why would you say that like oh my god just like oh <laughs> I know. I, 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 it's funny. Like, I mean, Terminator Genesis. If you go and watch it like three times, you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, she's a terrible." <laughs> but like, but like, why would you crumb- ever watch Terminator Genesis three times? Don't don't start with me. Sometimes I have weird viewing habits. Just just fuck off. <laughs> I had to say something. 
You can't just I feel like that's a cry for help, Jack. It might be. Sometimes, sometimes you watch Evangelion 3.33 like 12 times, and you're like, I still don't know what's happening, you motherfuckers! <laughs> Literally, Trevor, you left my house, and I watched it like two more times, and was like, I have no idea what's happening. Oh, seriously, <laughs> you did? That. Uh, that was a waste of your time, man. It was it was a huge waste of my goddamn time. <laughs> um, but let's not talk about that. We're here for Game of Thrones. Sean, I think you're the real host of this podcast, so why don't you take us out? <laughs> well, thanks, everybody, for coming. I hope you enjoyed the first podcast. Uh, we, we've certainly been enjoying the show, and we're looking forward to seeing where things are going from here. Hopefully our predictions end up coming true. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like the show's getting a little bit more predictable, which is kind of a bummer, but <laughs> I have faith in our predictions coming true. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks.